Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Changing the Climate, a show where we talk about the changing world around us and how we can make it better. Brought to you by Climate Change Realty. The only real estate brokerage that donates 50% of its net commissions to 501c3 nonprofit organizations dedicated to fighting climate change. All right, we're doing it again. We got two guests at once. Maria, Emily, I love your project. I'm excited to talk to each of you. And what we like to do is we always love to get the show started with a little bit of background on who you are and how you got to be doing what you're doing. And since Emily is on the left, we're going to start with her, at least as, as far as I can see. So let's let's start with Emily and then we'll go, uh, go on to Maria next. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot for having us. We're really excited to chat with you. Um, I'm Emily Thomas. My my own planning business is Emily Catherine Events, um, and of course, I have co-founded the Green Wedding Guild with Maria. Um, I have been planning weddings since 2015, and prior to that, I was filming weddings um, since 2012, so I've been in the wedding industry a little while. I clearly love weddings. This is an industry that will burn you out quick if the passion is not there. Um, so... Uh, I have not always been focused on green weddings. Um, it was the weddings that drew my attention first. And then about a year into my planning business, I sort of had a internal crisis where I realized my personal beliefs and things I was trying to do in my personal life weren't matching up with this industry that I loved. So I sort of switched gears after starting. Interesting. It's a little bit different than Maria's story. I'll let her tell that. Totally. Yeah. I took a little bit a different way of getting to getting there. Um, so hi, I'm Maria Karagiannis. I am one of the co-founders of the Green Wedding Guild, and I have my own planning company, Karamia Events. Uh, for me, becoming a wedding planner was always a notion in the back of my mind, but it kind of took me a while to bring it to that forefront. Um, when I was in college, I became much more aware of the climate crisis and what we can do as individuals to take action. I started making lifestyle changes, strive to be more zero waste. Um, and then I even worked for a local composting company for a few years when I moved to North Carolina from New York. Um, and when my husband and I got married, we knew we wanted to do so in alignment with our values and how we live our lives. So we set out a plan to have an eco-friendly wedding as zero waste as possible. And my experience as a bride is what really drove home to me how challenging it is for most couples to plan a green wedding. And because it was so important to me, I persisted and researched options and ideas and advocated for our goals and what we wanted to our vendors. But ultimately, after that experience, I made it my mission to become that resource, be that resource for couples to have a more sustainable wedding. Um, so I took the Bridal Society certification course, started my own planning company. I met Emily and together we launched the Green Wedding Guild. Amazing. Um, Emily, real quick, what were you doing before you started filming weddings? Were you at school as well? Yeah, so I started filming right out of college when but I've always been a planner. Um, you know, I planned parties for my family all through childhood. Um, every group or organization I club I got involved in, I was part of planning events. Um, but I didn't think of it as a career choice until I was most of the way done with a college degree in broadcasting and film. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, no one's going to let me plan something with these credentials. 
And I happened to come across a, a job listing for a wedding videographer. And I thought, that's perfect. That'll get my foot in the door. And it really was, for me, the best way to sort of get into the industry. Because you see a lot when you're behind the camera. Totally. Very interesting. Um, so, Maria, I wanted to bring it back to you for a second. Um, do you have, you have you found in your experience that, and I think it's pretty well-known knowledge, is the bride usually like leading the charge when it comes to these weddings? Or do you ever find that like, what's it, the groom is like leading the charge? And that's interesting that you kind of got into this idea through your own wedding. And I'm wondering if you found that it's always the, like the bride would need to be like, we need to have a greed wedding for it to like actually come about? Um, well, firstly, it completely depends on the couple. Not all couples have a bride, not all couples have a groom. Um, so that's important to remember. And yeah, it just depends. I think in most of, at least with the couples I've worked with, there's usually one person who's more dominant planner mode. Um, I I guess that's a good way of putting it. There's usually one, one couple that's more, uh, one person in the couple that is more invested in the planning and the other is generally a little more going with the flow. Um, so usually that person, yeah, if they definitely want a greener wedding, there's a lot more exploration of those options with, with that. Cool. All right. Before we get into the details, would you each mind just telling me what your favorite part about the job is? Because I just love to hear it. I love for full service couples, mostly because that's we we have more opportunity to get to know them. But I love seeing them go from, yeah, we're excited to get married. We don't know what we want. This is what a wedding looks like, right? To having created a day that is completely them and incorporating things that when they started, they didn't think was part of a wedding. So I get that question a lot. Can we do this at a wedding? And the answer is it's your wedding. We can do what you want. So I I love that slow realization that they have through the planning process. Yeah. I think mine is very similar to that. I, I feel like my favorite part is when we're nearing the finish line or like after the wedding and you know, the couple is just in their bliss and happy and just realizing that I was the reason that they were stress-free and did not have all that overwhelm throughout this process. And because I was able to do something that I enjoy doing in order to help them do that. Um, in addition to, of course, you know, making a difference, being a part of this shift in the industry towards something better. Okay, I, I just thought of another one. Um, hor- horror stories. Oh man! <laughs> you don't have to name names. Oh, I won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've. I think I have been very lucky in that I've had amazing clients. So, if there are any horror stories, it has nothing to do with the couple. It has to do with maybe mothers or guests. I or did have one last minute saves as well. Like, Ooh. oh, mm, I've got Ooh. one. <laughs> Go, um, well, I did have one where a fight broke out during the reception. And I've just, I've nothing could have prepared me for that. <laughs> and hopefully that never happens again. But that one definitely threw me. And I had to do some quick on my feet thinking to a break that up and then b make the responsible parties leave 
so that this would not keep happening. So that was exciting. Definitely keeps you on your toes. I think for me, so was my first official wedding with my own, under my own company's umbrella. And it was a windy day, rooftop type of wedding, uh, like very small, intimate, COVID friendly uh, ceremony. And we had had the floral arrangements at the bottom on the floor of, and I was going to get ready to put them up on the pedestals for the ceremony. But it was still kind of windy. So I had put one up. And then as soon as I turned to um, one of the couple and I wanted to ask, you know, how do we want to do this? Because it's really windy. I think we should keep them down. As soon as I opened my mouth to say that, a huge gust of wind came and knocked it over. Fortunately, my assistant has a background, had a background in a... Um, in floral arranging. So she was able to quickly help me get it in presentable shape. And then we just had them sit on the ground and not put them on the pedestals. I love outdoor weddings, but wind is our worst enemy. <laughs> really totally. is. As a videographer, I'm sure you appreciate that as well. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, no, nothing too bad. So, so that, that sounds pretty good, but we, 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 we got time. We're young. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but um, so let's, let's get into the origin story of the, the Green Wedding Guild. I'll let uh, either of you take it away. Yeah. So as we sort of said, um, I, I launched my planning business a few years before Maria, but I didn't start out intending to be a green wedding planner. That's something I was, I was shifting toward a couple years in. Um, and it was a slow shift. It wasn't like out of the gates. Okay. Now I'm a green wedding planner. It was like, add a little blurb to my website, start having conversations with my couples. Um, and then in my personal life, of course, I'm also trying to be more zero waste. I was part of the towards zero waste group on Facebook. And I hear, I see Maria posting, Hey, I'm in the area. I'm planning to start a sustainable wedding planning company actually I think it was wedding consulting that you were starting at yeah first. I resisted because like embracing life as a planner for some reason for way too long yeah and I was like oh my gosh yes I'm trying to do this I want to talk to other people who are trying to do this so let's grab tea and we did and basically at that meeting I think we were like hmm here's an idea what if there are other people out there in the wedding world who also want to do this how can we bring them together? How can we support them? And that's where the guild was born. Yeah, because vendors, like other wedding professionals have such an influence with couples, right? There's so much that they can do behind the scenes, so much that they can do in conversations with couples that can have an impact, especially planners. You know, we can help steer couples in a greener direction from which professionals we're recommending to the advice that we're providing as our default advice. So if the idea for the guild really came from that notion that wedding pros have such influence and impact, but many want to be more sustainable and they may not quite know where to begin. And that's where we come in. We provide our members with education and support in their eco-friendly journey. We offer monthly webinars and events to help educate members on how to incorporate sustainability into their businesses and how to make that work transition into wedding practices. And we list each member in a directory for eco-focused couples to find. 
and members of the Green Wedding Guild help support one another, which is just amazing. Yeah, no, this is this is really cool. That's why I was excited to talk to, to both of you. Um, so as I understand, is it is it two years old now or how how, how oh, long ago? Almost. Like- it was technically, I believe we incorporated January of 2020, mm-hmm. but we didn't <laughs> launch publicly until March 2020. So that's good timing for you. Yeah, no, we're kindred spirits. I started a climate change realty in January of 2020. So it's, uh, it was a tough, it's been a tough grind, but uh, I'm glad to see that you guys have have gotten some momentum. And then in regards to momentum, so what, um, I guess you'll have to probably bring up COVID at some point, but what was the experience like starting the guild and how easy was it for you to find vendors who were actually really supportive of this idea? So I'll, I'll address the COVID in the room. Um, (laughs) We, you know, we were both really excited about starting the guild and an important part of that for us was having monthly events for education, for networking to really get this community going. Um, So when we launched in March and suddenly could not have any in-person events, we had to completely shift. Um, And we, since March, 2020 have done a monthly event. Most of them have been virtual, of course. Um, And that ended up honestly being a blessing in disguise maybe because we assumed it would be something we'd be starting locally and then expanding later but by starting with everything virtual we had we were able to get members from across the country almost right away so we have west coast members we we even have a couple canadian members um so that ended up being something we weren't expecting and where are you based we're in north carolina both of you right (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, it definitely, you know, took off in ways we weren't expecting because of that. Um, And who's to say how it would have gone if we had started off doing everything locally. But as far as um, interest from other vendors and the support we've seen, I've been really impressed and excited by Again, the support we've seen from across the country and even in Canada, I mean, goodness, um, but also the fact that we were launching a membership-based organization. So members do pay to support this, uh, to keep the group running. Um, And we were asking wedding professionals for money at a time when all their business dried up. So the fact that it took off as well as it did just, I think, goes to show you how important the shift is to wedding professionals. We do want to see more sustainable events. We want to see this community of support for it. And we wanna push things in that direction. Really cool. That's really awesome. So uh, what can can we say about the environmental impacts of like a typical American wedding and where are we seeing most of the waste come from? Yeah, Emily, I think you have more of the stats on, on hand. On yes, I end. do. I, um, <laughs> there's, there's some stats that you see toted and posted. And, Hit me with the stats. Um, yes. Yep. So the average American wedding produces 400 to 600 pounds of garbage. And so in a year, that's about a billion tons of trash. And I think they say that's the equivalent, like one wedding produces as much waste as four or five people do in a year Wow! in one day so and that's that's insane (laughs) so that that's enough to make you like question 
the field you're in, I feel like. And that's what happened to me. I was sort of like, how am I trying to go plastic free and waste free at home? And then I'm out here supporting this industry that's just chucking everything basically. So yeah, it's all of the planning that goes into a wedding. Why not go the extra step and just plan with a little more intention? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where is most of this like waste coming from? Is it like the food or is it like the decorations or what, what is it? I think in terms of visible waste, the most is food and flowers. Um, and that's not even getting into all the waste leading up to a wedding. So the production of goods, manufacturing, um, and then there's, you know, the, the carbon footprint of like guests actually getting to a wedding, transportation and all of that. Right. Can you not just like compost the food and flowers though? You can. Yeah. And that's what a lot of us do. <laughs> <laughs> but that is not yet in the industry the default. I see. So that is one of, I think, the easiest ways to make a little shift. And it does take planning when we're at a point where not every venue has composting services. And not every area has the accessibility of a compost collection service or municipal composting. So that can be a a challenge in your, depending on the area as well. And, you know, as a planner, you might need to get creative and see what other options are around you. Yeah. And you'd probably have to like sort the food, wouldn't you? Because like dairy can't be composted, but like vegetables can. It can be commercially composted. So it just depends what is available to you. You know, if you are collecting for somebody's backyard compost, like if you're doing a share waste program or something, um, yeah, you you don't want to be putting meat and dairy in there. Um, But if you have access to a commercial facility, that can all go in there. Really cool. So Maria, can you speak to like the most effective plans that couples can make to reduce the impact of their wedding? Perhaps someone look, thinking of getting married, listening to this podcast right now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that couples can do is um, create a waste management plan, which is something that, you know, a sustainable planner such as myself or Emily can do for you. You know, composting your orga- organic waste, reducing travel emissions, and including more plant-based menu options are, I think, the top three most impactful things that a couple can do to reduce their wedding's environmental impact. Yeah, fair enough. So I did want to ask you both a question that I'm guessing you don't have an answer to, which is like, has anyone had a carbon positive wedding yet? And then keeping in mind the idea that carbon positive and carbon negative mean the same thing, that the wedding actually reduces greenhouse gas emissions. And that's just like, I'm always trying to come up with ways to like move the economy that so that it will draw down carbon. But that was just my idea. I'm not sure what you guys have to say about that. So I'm sure it exists, but it depends on your technicality. So I think it would be very difficult to have a truly carbon positive wedding that you invite guests to without doing carbon offsets. So with carbon offsets on the table, absolutely. People have the ability and I'm sure have done carbon positive weddings. Um, But, you know, unless you're getting married on the street where you live and everyone coming can walk there, (laughs) there's going, it's going to be very difficult without things like carbon offsets. Do you find that people are, um, 
I guess it varies a lot, but like the people who are very like eco-focused like to have like a smaller wedding or a big wedding, or does it not make any difference? I don't think it makes a difference. I think as with every part of wedding planning, it's completely dependent on the couple. So everyone's priorities are going to be different. And that's what I think Maria and I both try to focus on when we're talking about green weddings, um, because you might have an idea in your head of what a green wedding looks like and think, well, that's not what I want my wedding to look like. So it would be nice if I could be more sustainable, but I have this vision of my wedding in my head. And it's just not true that they all have to look a certain way. It just depends on your priorities. Um, so yes, having a smaller group, having more of an elopement or a mini ceremony, um, that is inherently going to be lower waste in a, in a lot of ways. Um, but you know, if that's the only thing you're doing, then you could be creating waste in a lot of other areas. Um, and if you have a big wedding, you might be going, you know, super low waste in, in every other area. So it doesn't mean that you can't have a sustainable wedding just because you want to invite everyone, you know, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, how receptive have you found customers to be to this idea in general? Do, do some people lean really far into the green and then others like, I want to be green, but it needs to be my way? Or what have you found in your experience, each of you? Yeah, I, I've noticed that couples are quite open to the idea of having a lower impact wedding, even if it's not something that they had on their radar prior to speaking with me. Um, and we make it easy for them. So since our default advice is more eco-friendly and we create that waste management and uh, coordinate the composting, you know, we arrange to take care of everything so that couples don't even have to think about it. So you're kind of guaranteed to have that more eco-friendly wedding right there from the get-go. I think some couples are pretty set on certain efforts that they know they want to do. Like perhaps they already know that they want to compost and maybe they just need a little help figuring out how to do that at their chosen venue, or they know that they want to choose recycled invitations or do digital invitations. Um, but I think there's always kind of room to discuss other options and different areas as well. What about you, Emily? Yeah. I, I know that since I started putting out there on my website and social media that I plan sustainable weddings, I've gotten a lot more inquiries that include something about, and we love that you're sustainable and we want to talk more about that. Um, so there are definitely those couples who either they're looking for that or they see that and they're like, oh, yes. Um, but I do still get inquiries that don't mention anything about it. And when we sit down to have a consultation, I mention um, at least a couple things that I just do. So for every wedding, I'm bringing compost bins and I'm coming up with a plan for your flowers. So they'll get donated or composted at the end of the event. Um, and when I mention those to couples who maybe haven't brought up sustainability yet, they're usually like, oh, that's cool. What else can we do? Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's something that I think isn't on everyone's mind yet, but as soon as you bring it up, they're like, that's possible. And they get pretty excited. Yeah. And I do want to also just like note that us bringing compost bins to each event and coordinating with the caterer or venue on our own, like that's a behind the scenes thing that the couple doesn't even necessarily 
know is going on or yeah. like uh, it, we want them to know it's if going we didn't on. mention it they would never know it doesn't affect their day at all but that's just another way that a wedding professional can operate and make an impact and just through their business practices generally yeah would you each uh, care to share uh why or how you got interested in like climate action or or zero waste lifestyles just in general do we both blame our husbands yeah, I Classic. think we can. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we both grew up with some amount of, um, you know, the, the typical recycle mindset, reuse culture at home. Um, but both of our husbands also studied this in, in undergrad. That makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my, I met my husband at Appalachian State and he was in their sustainable development program. Um, and, you know, he probably still feels the same level that he did then about it but for me it like peaked an interest and I just kept digging (laughs) and Maria your husband studied atmospheric and science and had to take a bunch of environmental courses as a result um so I grew up with a lot of inherently sustainable things we recycled we you know had backyard chickens so we fed a lot of our food scraps to them we used rags to clean with and vinegar and like we had some already like natural and eco minded things going on as I was growing up, but it really hit home more in college. My husband was taking those courses. Um, this was well before we were married. And then my best friend was also in an, uh, I think she was going for environmental chemistry for her undergrad. So that between the two of them and what they were learning, I was just fascinated in, in talking to them. And then there was a online program called Teens Turning Green. And I remember partaking in this like Teens Turning Green challenge. And there was a different challenge with some educational component each day. And this was in my, my last semester of school. And here I am, my last semester of school. I'm so focused on this. I'm like, I feel like I need to change majors. I was majoring in English and nothing to do with sustainability. So I finished my degree in English and I knew at that point that going forward, anything that I did after that would have to have some sustainability component. Like that was the end game for me. Totally. And then you each started your own business, which I think is really, really cool. And then you went on and you're like, I'm not just satisfied with that. I want to start a bigger movement. I want to find something, something more, uh, not, not more uh, meaningful, but um, yeah, something that works with your values. Another project it turned into. <laughs> I'm curious what the plans are for expanding the guild moving forward, because it sounds like it's had some pretty rapid growth just from the beginning. Yeah. So, and I guess, I guess we can probably admit that we weren't prepared for the like geographical growth (laughs) range. Um, (laughs) So something that we have been talking about is creating local chapters across the country so that we, as, as we start doing more in-person things, we can provide those opportunities for all of our members and not just our North Carolina members. So that is in the works, TBD mm-hmm. on when, but it's definitely something that's been on our radar and we keep talking through. Cool. Are, are either of you like open to the possibility of like 
going gung ho like with the guild or because I imagine like you probably love the, your your own personal businesses so much because you get to see the impact that you have on each couple. But if this idea had this huge demand and needed someone to kind of like pioneer the growth, would either of you be interested in like doing that? Yeah. So I I know Maria and I are at different stages with our businesses um, since I started mine a little before, and I am at a point where I have been scaling back on the number of events I will take on in a year. Um, and yeah, if, if it felt like something that the guild had this great potential and just needed some more time to be focused on, I think that's sort of a dream. I don't know if it's the dream right now, but it is a dream to be able to sort of shift from mostly planning weddings and working on the guild to maybe a more even split, possibly even the guild taking precedent at some point. Not yet. I still love working with clients, but totally. No, it's hard to give up that kind of thing, but um, hey, I mean, y'all are just getting started. So, I mean, it's really, really young and the amount of growth you've had so far is, is pretty cool. Um, we spoke about your favorite parts of your planning businesses. Would you care to share about your, your uh, sorry, with Maria, uh, about your favorite part of, of working with the Guild or favorite stories so far? Uh, I have had such a good time with our uh, green wedding style shoe challenges the past two years. Um, and honestly, I think just my favorite part is when our members have kind words to say to us, when they come up to us telling us how valuable this network has been for them, how much they've learned through being a member. Those are like, that's priceless. That makes it so worthwhile. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Getting feedback from our members, um, it just makes it, it makes it worth it. Uh, cause you know, Maria and I started this because it's something we wanted to be a part of, you know, <laughs> so to know that, to hear from our members that not just, yes, we want to stay a part of this, but they are actually seeing the benefit from this organization and they are changing their businesses because of it. It makes it all worth it. Yeah. Sounds good to me. So at, at the end here, I always love to ask people uh, what advice to have in your case for like other business owners or would-be business owners who'd be passionate about creating a positive impact. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that no matter where you are, what your role is, or what industry you're in, you can make a difference and you're likely not alone in your values. So find the people, find your people and support one another. If you aren't sure where to find them, maybe that means creating that space. Like, you know, we all did, you know, we have, we mentioned our other friend who's in real estate, Ashley Rummage of Evergreen House Company. And she did the same thing in her, in that realm of things. She created a Facebook group, uh, Green Realtors of NC, or it could be more community centered, like the Towards Your Waste group where Emily and I met, uh, that was put together by our friends Dargan and Lee. They created that space to bring together eco-minded members just in the area where we live. So I think that, you know, wherever you are, there's a way to make a difference and you can find your people. Very cool. Emily, advice for your, your fellow people. Yeah, um, I think I have two, two small pieces. One, find a community, find your support group. Like Maria said, if it doesn't exist where you are, create your own support group. <laughs> um, but find a community that 
not only can support you, but that you can support and prop up as well. And then second, if you've got an idea, if you've got this idea to create a positive impact, just go for it. Um, and don't let, what is it you always tell me, Maria, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. <laughs> yes. So that is something I've heard on. So I listen to the happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast a lot. And that's one of her like default sayings is don't let the per- perfect be the enemy of the good. And that one really stuck with me. And I, I try to make that a motto. And I yeah. feel like that's really applicable when it comes to sustainability, because mm-hmm. we can so easily get overwhelmed by the smaller individual actions. Yeah. But don't wait. Don't wait until you have a like grand plan all set in place, every detail. If there's something small you can do now, go for it and then go for the next small thing. And then eventually you'll have done all of these amazing small things that add up to something huge. Couldn't agree more. Something's better than nothing. And that sounds pretty, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Sounds pretty applicable to weddings as well. Yes. <laughs> totally. Cool. So yeah, I, I, life. Sure. Uh, yeah. Cause you know, you can get that analysis paralysis. I totally agree. Like each of you are doing, you just went out there and did it and, and you're still doing more stuff and you guys are building this amazing community. I love, I love it. I thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate both of you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. My pleasure. All right, everybody. See you next week. Peace. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Changing the Climate. Here at Climate Change Realty, we don't just donate 50% of our net commissions to fight climate change. We also donate a full 50% of our real estate referrals. So if you or anyone else you know is looking to buy or sell a home anywhere in the USA and would like to create thousands of dollars in donations without any cost out of pocket, please visit ccrboulder.com today.